Welcome to the Humanise the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. When I'm making my notes in that meeting, I always draw three boxes at the top of my um, my page and I have an R, a C and a V and I tick the boxes when I realise that we can um, and that gives me the indication if I can tick all three boxes um, that gives me the indication that we can work with them. Sometimes I get asked what the boxes mean and and um, and explain it and share that with them and say actually these are really good boxes for you to write at the top of your page and I'd, I'd hope at the end of the conversation you could tick all three as well. Who wouldn't want to work with ambitious entrepreneurial high growth business owner clients? Well, that's exactly what Steve Timmis and his team at Semper want to do. And they've achieved it. In fact, they've achieved it so well that their firm has grown by between 30% and 50% per annum over the last few years and are close to hitting a million pound in fees, even though they only started the firm in 2016. Steve and the team at Semper have achieved such great growth because of their commitment to a team culture where recruiting the right people is so crucially important and creating the right environment for people to work in is so important. So let's hear what Steve has got to say about how successful Semper have been. And let's go to the interview now. Well, it's great to be joined by Steve Timmis today on the Humanise the Numbers um, podcast. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Paul. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us. You and too. Steve, just to kick off, would you please uh, give us a little bit of background, um, the, the nature of your firm, size of your firm, number of team members and so forth, just so we can put everything into context for this interview? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Steve Timmis. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of Sempar. Uh, we started Sempar in uh, March 16. Um, we're on our way to a, to a million turnover. Um, we should reach that next year. Um, we've seen great growth over those years. Um, we've currently got a team of 15, uh, 15 uh, the team members. Um, we really work with kind of high growth businesses. Um, so we looked at our, our kind of services support, um, uh, you know, the high growth entrepreneur really. Um, they, they take all different kinds of shapes and sizes. So we work in the kind of manufacturing sector, the engineering sector, uh, service sector. Um, Brilliant. Fab. So you started four years ago. Yep. And you're already knocking on the door of a million pounds. Yep. So that's that, that's pretty uh, – <clears throat> you must be pretty proud of that growth curve. Yeah, really proud, really proud of where we've come. And, and I think that growth's all been uh, organic, really. So it's come from, I would say, 60 to 70% of that growth has come from um, recommendation from our client base, which is – actually, I'm more proud of that than I am of the actual number. So. Wow. So, so how do you nurture those recommendations then, Steve? It's a hell of a growth just off the back of recommendations. It's you know most firms out there be very jealous of what you've achieved. <laughs> well, I think we have. Um, there's two things really. One is that we have a saying um, within the organisation, which is "do the right thing." Um, so I think we set out with our clients' focus in mind, um, and I think that comes over um, over really, really boldly when we when we're working with people. Um, the other thing is we we recruit on enthusiasm. So. Um, one thing we um, we always look for in in our new team members is is natural enthusiasm, and I think that certainly comes over from our client client team relationship across the board. Really, that 
clients feel like when they've got a problem or when we're trying to create a solution for them that our team are enthusiastic about their business right. and, and and that's not something I can tell somebody to be enthusiastic it has to be within them it has to yes. be caught in their core and that's and what we're when, we, when we grow our team you know knowledge and skills are important but without that natural enthusiasm then we're not going to create the kind of culture and environment and community that um that we want to create within the business. Yes, I'll, I'll come to that environment that uh, that you want in the business in a second. So uh, how, how do you assess whether someone's genuinely enthusiastic in an interview, Steve? Because they could be putting it on. It's difficult. It's difficult. I think I think there's a, I think certainly we've probably adopted a skill over this time over these times. Um, certainly we're working with, I guess, I've got 20 plus years in the industry um, and you, you get to know um, perhaps the types of people that you want to work with. Um, you're not going to get it right every time. Um, but I think probably this is one of the secrets of our success is that we have got it right more often than not. Um, and, and, and I think that's helped us along the way. So, Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm not getting to a place where I understand what's going on in these interviews to determine whether they're enthusiastic the sort of questions you're asking? Or? We, do, we do some really different things in our interviews. So, um we get um we have over the time got um some of the team when they've come for interview to stand and talk about themselves um and they're not allowed to mention things that that aren't on their cv um so so that what happens is is we get a um we get to see where the passion is we get to see their face light up when they start to talk about something else because not you know that everyone has a you know their career but also they have things outside of that and you know that passion is harnessing that passion from perhaps another element of their life and seeing that it's naturally there and it's just getting them then to be excited about us not always is it their responsibility you know to be excited about working for Semper it's it's for me to create that culture to them then to see that they've got that passion to um somewhere else to then harness it and use it here yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and and um, you know it's very much just seeing part of uh, you know seeing somebody become enthusiastic about something they care about. It's then my job to to help them care about this and then and build, build the connections between yeah. their passion and what you're doing. Hundred percent as a firm, yeah, right, right. So how, how do you do that then? How how do you build that bridge between their natural passion for life, their life? that you see in the interview, their enthusiasm. How do you build the bridge between that and the nature of the work that you do at Sempar then? So, so we create a synergy that, that, um, that Sempar actually is, is a vehicle for actually our, for two, two sets of people. Um, Sempar is a vehicle um, for our clients to achieve their goals and, and dreams and aspirations, and it's a vehicle for our team to be the best version of themselves that can be. So they very quickly, hopefully, intrinsically link um, the business to being a driver towards them achieving their personal goals. Okay, so and and I've, I've I, I, I did do a little bit of research before we uh, got on this podcast, and and and, and you've got a very different looking uh, website to most accountancy firms. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost as if, as if accountancy second. Yeah. And the you know people, the, people the, first definitely people, right and um, which fits beautifully with our you know humanize the numbers uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, message which. 
is what I was really excited about talking to you today. Um, so how, how do you then tap into, and, and we, we need to have two conversations now. One is about how do you tap into your, uh, 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 and, and connect your team's personal goals to what's going on in the business. We'll deal with that one first, then we'll get on to your clients. So when we do, when we do reviews, um, with team members, we, we, we talk about, um, we talk about their personal goals uh, as much as they want to share that information. Um, yeah. And then we try and link their progress and their career here mm. um, so they can see that where one wins, the other wins. Um, so, but, but before that, we, we really just invest time and we get to know people and people aren't just under the number. They're not just a processor sat at a desk churning a number. And we don't see people as a, well, as, a, as an hourly rate. We don't see people as a, uh, well, if you will make X amount of profit out of that person, we're just going to churn that person as hard as we can until they give yeah. up and yeah. somebody else comes in. Um, we see that person as a human being and, um, you know, we, we genuinely care about that person and, uh, you know, that hopefully reflects that they then genuinely care about our business. Right, okay. Is there, is there, is there a story about one of your team you can share that demonstrates that process working, Steve? Um. Yeah, she'll probably she'll probably <laughs> kill me for sharing it, but <laughs> but, um, but I think it, 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 it happened across across the um, across the time we've been operating, really. But you know, um, everybody in their life is going to go through um, good and bad times. Uh, not all of them are in our control. Yeah. Uh, somebody themselves who's who's lost a parent um, uh, sort of suddenly and tragically. Um, we had one of our team, um, unfortunately, at the start of the year, um, their, their parent became very poorly, um, went into palliative care. Um, you know, for me, the answer was go home and go and spend that time. Don't, um, don't come back, really, until you're ready. Yeah. So we will pick it all up. We, there's no issue. The pressure's ours, not yours. Mm. And the communication inwardly to the rest of the team was one day this will be you Mm. and we'll do um, whatever pressure this creates for the rest of us. One day this will be you and you will get the same um, care and attention at that time. And I think that um, that just indicates exactly how we, you know, we respond to, to things that are going on in someone's personal life. It was, it was no longer about the business. It was about, that person doing what they needed to do that was yeah, a yeah, greater yeah. thing than, than the business yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's um things like that uh, it's people again people first yeah yeah and it sounds as though you know you you mentioned that those three words do the right thing mm. that's um you know uh, you and the team in that decision making opportunity doing th- yeah. the right thing um yeah. so how how do you determine what and it, it's clear and obvious in that situation uh, Steve, what the right thing would be, but you know, what, what guides your your judgment on on doing the right thing consistently, whether it be for clients or team? Um, that's in your integrity, isn't it? That's in your core, really. Um, I think it's um, for us. It's and, and experiences. You know, we've all got. I think the experiences we've been through um, as people and as professionals um, drives you towards knowing what that is. And I think we all always know what that right thing is it's it's really just making sure that's at the forefront um you know and i think as a, as a practice um 
we're, we're not um no one's perfect and mm. and you know um human error will creep into different things um and it's always about um taking the positivity into that into that and saying well actually um if there has been an error of some description you know how do you deal with that what's the right thing to do how do you find the opportunity in that um to still add value um and and also having the freedom for 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 the team to feel like i can i can have i can make a mistake and i can um and and it's not going to be the worst thing in the world you know because actually it's always our mistakes that we learn from isn't it it's always the things that make us better um and it's just having the compliant environment so that you know maybe that mistake is always caught um by somebody higher up the chain and uh, the review part of what we do is, is mm. capturing that, but but it's it's I think um, for me freedom's a massive part of people growing. If you don't give people freedom to grow, you will always stifle what what they can do. So, and and that freedom to grow is coming from you creating an environment where people are comfortable making mistakes. Is that what you're saying? So you're comfortable that they cost you and your business money. Yeah, I think comf- comfortable making mistakes is it, it, we're comfortable that we have systems and processes that will protect them um, and those mistakes from, or protect our clients from those mistakes. But unless you have freedom, unless somebody has freedom to to express themselves to to grow, then 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 we're really not going to get the best out of them. So it's that kind of trade off of finding the of, of creating the right environment while still delivering the right level of service to the to the to the clients. So it's that blend of um, systems and processes, hire the right people, yeah, and 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 then throw in a, a, a dollar per freedom uh, yeah. to 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 create the right um, the right the right outcomes. Um, we we will always forgo forgo profit for the right for to have the right business. So I won't drive this business to be profitable before at the expense of having the right culture and environment. What what it should do. Um, as we move forward is is the two should work together but um, if I had to choose between the two I would always yeah. choose the culture and environment over the profit right but ultimately uh, if, you, if you did that all of the time you would have a a, a, a loss making business so isn't there a trade-off then and, and compromise required at some point um, you don't have to choose all the time because you because of the other elements do you but so you've got the right people You've created the right culture, which is largely in place or most of the time. Mm. Those times that you have to choose, um, you are taking fragments out of your profit. But I'm choosing culture and environment rather than choosing that that pound note, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and 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 by giving the, the the team the freedom to express themselves, by give by having that right culture and environment, we have happy relationships with clients, which means that we get recommended. Um, those clients are, um, don't consider us a cost. They consider us, you know, an integral part of their business. Um, and actually, um, it's all of all of the positivity from the culture um, creates far more profit positive motives than than the, those those times where you have to pick your culture and defend your culture over yeah. in making an extra extra pound. So. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. So, what I've, what I've just I've just captured a note, which is it, it sounds as though what you're doing is you're investing those 
pound notes in the culture, which is just as you would invest in a marketing campaign through SEO or pay-per-click or, you know, an event or whatever, uh, you're seeing the investment in the culture is actually a marketing spend almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it works and it works on both sides. So, um, you know, we talked about people first. So we have two sets of people, our, our team and our clients. Um, we do exactly the same with the clients. So we invest in the client. We spend time with the client. We get to know the client. And and again, all of that is at the cost of the of the bottom line. Mm. But again, it's that investment that means then we get um, we get the reward. And the reward is that the client then is your marketing budget. Really, they go out and sing you praises. They go out and recommend you. So in, in what ways are you investing in the client then, Steve? I, I agree, by the way, I yeah. agree with you. In fact, yeah. but just, just before we dive into the client thing, there's, there's one question that um, I, I've said for a long time, that if you, don't, if you don't grow your people, you won't grow your practice. And it sounds as though what you're doing is you're, you're creating that freedom, culture, space almost for your team to, to work in that enables uh, them to uh, grow. Uh, now, I'm putting words in your mouth there, which I don't mean to, but how do you respond to that? Say, if you don't grow your people, you won't grow your practice. What, what does that mean to you? I, I think that you're, um, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and I think it has to be, um, you have to have that kind of, um, I guess without, without focusing in on your people, what you end up then is, in my view, is a very two-dimensional business. So you're going to have people in, people out, uh, and and that is going to reflect then onto the client relationship. And the client relationship is going to be people in, people out. What what we've always had as a vision here is is to almost look out the window and see two queues of people. We've got a queue on the right that's um, you know put in entrepreneurial accountants who want to who, who have a real willingness to come and be part of our culture and be part of our team. And then the queue on the left, which is um, high growth business owners that are waiting for the next opportunity to work with us. Yeah, brilliant. And, and that's that's what success means to us. Yeah. To sit and look out the window and see that queue rather than um, to sit at the end of the year and go, haven't we made a lot of money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So how do you um, how do you avoid not working with low grade, low growth companies, Steve? How do you turn you turning them away? Um, we have, um, I think, in the main, because people get to know who we like to work with and what, where we're best working with these people, with the, that type of person, um, we tend to, like-minded people re- re- recommend us to like-minded people. So in the main, we don't have to turn many people away from our business. Right. Because, um, because most of the time, we're very good at communicating what we're good at. And yeah. so so when we are getting recommendations they're usually for for to work with people that would fit our model clearly we're not for everybody and and uh, and i think you know that that's absolutely fine and um you know sometimes we'll 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 sit down with people and um they'll leave with the aspiration that they want to work with us at some point but it might not be today right uh and 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 that's fine and so you you have walked away from businesses that aren't in that high growth space and therefore aren't suited to your business yeah we've got um we've got um i would say um our focus our 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 plethora of services fits very nicely with 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 people who are trying to grow their business and really want to just um have somebody else focus on that finance element but have all the um at their fingertips have everything they need um Mm -hmm that if we do have clients that come in and don't take on all of those services 
Um, and so they might, uh, and of course, you, uh, you know, very rarely are businesses high growth forever. Um, so, that, you know, you might have a high growth business for two or three years and then they become an established business, that growth curve. Um, and you don't boot them out then at that stage? We don't boot them out, no. No. <laughs> um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the time for us, it's then, it's just the next part of the journey. Yeah. Uh, and, we, you know, we're that finance partner for, for, for all of that part of the journey. What we have built, though, is we want to see, we like to see success, whether that be with our team or with our clients. We like to see everybody do well and um we share in that success in terms of that it makes us proud to have 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 clients that uh, that are succeeding so um we go out purposely to look for that that kind of high growing business but it will it will evolve you know that high growth business will turn into an established business it might go through another period of high growth in the future um, yeah. and what we say to our clients is we're here to help you so you know from whether that be a sort of startup that's got a really good business plan and uh, needs an outsourced finance function um, for a period of time until they they are able to recruit and take people on internally to do that work yeah um you know whether it's the the, the commercial um strategy or the, the financial direction that they require um we're there to give them that support so what, what's the definition of high growth then steve to, to semper that's um that's individual to the clients. So someone's high growth might be, um, um, you know, on one hand, you know, for them, this is high growth. I think it, I think it probably saying high growth isn't always perhaps the best way of describing it. Okay. I think what we're looking for is, is clients with an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and, that, and, and, and I guess what we've seen out of our clients, um, in these kind of uncertain times is that entrepreneurial mindset come right to the forefront. So we've seen businesses that have been immensely agile uh, in this time because they've got yeah. that mindset uh, and that's enabled them to, you know, some of our clients have, have had their kind of production line stop because of the service, maybe food service mm. um, industry. And all of a sudden um, within a week, they've got a plan. Um, they're now producing something different and now, got a completely different product and then in April and May they actually beat their own budget that was set for their old product you wow. know and I think you know that's and it's moments like that that make you proud that you've got these people around you and, and I think it's a um what I love with working with you know entrepreneurial mindset people is that I learn as well as they learn from us we learn from them because actually there's always a lesson yeah brilliant uh, which is back to that, you know, if you grow your people, you'll grow your business. Yeah. If you grow yourself, you'll grow your business. If your yeah. clients grow in terms of knowledge, insight. Um, so so how, how do you know you've got a, a potential customer in front of you that's not got that entrepreneurial mindset? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, um, I think, I think again, going back to like that, that um, team interview is, is there's a little bit of gut feeling. Um, certainly um, people, um, you know, track record can give you credibility of that. I think, again, you're looking for that natural enthusiasm uh, in somebody, that spark. Um, mm. uh, I think if we could, if we could completely define it, we'd all be aiming for it. But it's it it's, it's, it comes in in different shapes and sizes, doesn't it? In, in you know, not no entrepreneur is the same. Uh, they sure. all have different drivers and different passions. So, um, but but largely the 
you know, the way we offer our services and the way that um, we engage, you know, certainly um, gives us a flavor that, that they're looking for the right things from us. That tells yeah. us a little bit about what they really want out of, out of the relationship and what, and what, what they are as individuals as well. Right. It sounds that you, 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 you're hunting out the, that holy grail of it. You want, you want to work with an ambitious business owner yeah. and, and it's their definition of ambition, not yours. Yeah, it's their exactly, definition yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 It's and, not for, uh, it's not for us to set that, is it? And, and like, it's in the same way, it's not for us to set somebody else's growth. It's not for us to set their objectives or dreams. It's for yeah, us. Yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like to describe us perhaps as, um, uh, you know, a, um, an advisory kind of uh, that's, that's woven into their tapestry. So we're there as part of their, um, you know, we're, the, we're there to sort of try and help them achieve those dreams. Um, and that, but that's the same for, the client as it is for the team member you know we're there to try and help everybody become a better version of themselves yeah um, and and along the way um we'll become a better version of our you know as, as perhaps the founders we'll we'll grow with that as well you know? yeah 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 does does just saying that uh to audiences and to prospective clients uh not turn some of them off Steve, you know, they're coming to you because they want a decent accountant and you go, yeah. no, no, I want to help you become a better version of yourself. Is that, is it not a turn off to some people? Um, I don't think so. And if it is, it's probably just not the right people to work with, you know, and I think, um, I think our passion and, and, uh, and, and our delivery um, lead what we, what we really try and do with, with those clients. And sometimes, like I say, we're not for everybody, um, yeah. but that's absolutely fine. That's, that's absolutely fine. Um, you know, we wouldn't go out of our way to to be something different to convince somebody to come and work with us. Because it ultimately, right. it, it's yeah. not going to be right. Um, yeah. uh, we have to be who we are. They have to be who they are, and and, and ultimately, we'll um, you know we'll um, we'll either work together or we won't. Uh, what what we can say is, if we do work with somebody, um, we put our our heart and soul into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, how good are you at winkling out clients that you think are right at the beginning and then you realise that actually they're not right for you and your firm? How good are you at um, asking them to exit Sempar? We're probably better at that now than we were at the start. Um, I think um, I think experience tells you that, um, I, I guess, um, as you start in this journey, I think you think that everybody can evolve to be a, a good client for the practice. Yeah. Um, but I think your experience tells you that that, that, that isn't always the case. Um, but also, I think one of the things we try and um, we have kind of three hallmarks that we talk often we'll mention in a, in, a, in, a, in a meeting with a prospective client, which is the three things that we need to see that exist in that relationship is, is rapport, commerciality and, and added value. So have we got a genuine rapport? Can we work together? Can we have good and bad conversations? Um, will you, when 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 things aren't going great for that business, will they listen to us and will they allow us to advise them? Um, is it commercial? So so you know, uh, uh, can we can we do this work at a commercial rate for us? That's going to mean that we do add to the bottom line, but in a way that's going to give us the freedom to express ourselves with that client and deliver the type of service that we want to do. And can we add value? Uh, and I think I think the way we the way in which we perhaps think about the clients now is that 
we ask that question those questions you know on a periodic basis so it's not just at the start it's throughout the relationship but also we'd encourage the clients to ask those questions you know have they got a genuine rapport with us is it commercial for them the cost they pay do they get you know is that benefit cost relationship there for them and do we mm. add value to their business yeah um and and you know clearly if we're not then then you know that's a that's something for them to challenge or, or or take that view. And surely if we're in the same position and we feel like we can't no longer add value, yeah. um, you know, but I think things evolve. So, you know, we've had clients, we talk about high growth. We've had clients who've gone on meteoric growth rises and, and our relationship has ultimately changed through that time because, you know, you, we, you've got businesses that have started off as, as a bedroom business or a small business and, and gone to employing 200 people and um and and really sort of you know on that sort of meteoric rise throughout time our our relationship with that client ultimately changes but in our view um we'll always have that integrity to say hang on a minute we're not we're not adding value anymore you know this yeah. is this is different you've now got a, an fd that you spend 100 grand a year on and um you they're, they're really they're really great because we've you know either we've helped you recruit them or um you know we, we've we've um we've seen that person come in and 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 been part of that transition you know there's no point us being here anymore because you've got everything you need or we're now just that compliance partner uh, or however that falls out so it's having the kind of uh, not having the fear of sort of holding on to that relationship yeah, and saying yeah. actually the best thing we can do is just let that relationship go but in the right way yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we just transition into a different partner for them yeah I um, get that. you know so it, it, it uh, and because we've got the growth because we've got the the influx of new work and and recommendation we're, we're always free to do that we've never got a panic that oh well if we let go of that that means you know again do the right thing the right thing is to let that client go because they've they've grown their business to a point that we've been, um, you know, rather stay as a, a really integral part of that business's journey than hold on to that relationship. And then, yeah. uh, and, th- and then it goes sour because you can't deliver because you're no longer adding value. Yeah. 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 So is that an, an active part? If I heard you right, Steve, it sounds like that uh, asking a prospective client about, you know, that, okay you're not necessarily going to ask them about rapport because you either you, you you get that or you don't get that but at least you can tell them that that's one of your assessment pieces i'm just wondering is this you know three-part conversation about rapport commerciality and added value does it actually show up in a prospect discussion or, you know meet a, a, in, in a meeting with a, a potential new client it it, it does because when i when i'm making my notes in that meeting i always draw three boxes at the top of my um my page and I have right. an R, a C and a V and I tick the boxes when I realise that we can um and that gives me the indication if I can tick all three boxes, um, that gives me the indication that we can work with them. Um right. sometimes I get asked what the boxes mean. Um right. and and um and explain and share that with them and say actually these are really good boxes for you to write at the top of your page and i'd i'd hope at the end of the conversation you could tick all three as well if they can tick all three and we can tick all three then we're yeah. we've got a really good starting point to work together why, why, um, why don't you put why don't you put a number out a score out of 10 in the box steve and provoke an even more interesting uh, conversation <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting though because when you do explain what those those boxes mean 
um, you find the person that you're chatting to is constantly looking at them and waiting for you to tick them because we all want <laughs> to win, don't we? We all want to be successful. And well, actually, they, they, they want you to tick those boxes. And brilliant. And so it's quite interesting when you well, start uh, that operation. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's, uh, if they're an ambitious business owner, then they're going to want yeah. the ticks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. again, they might be stealing the conversation the wrong way. They just want you to tick yeah. the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good very good um it, so it, it, it's interesting uh we've all, almost come full circle because what you just said is you, you you're willing to walk away from a substantial client in the right way in a professional way in a caring way and and, and pass them on to a firm who can perhaps do a job that suits that firm because you're no longer adding value and you're comfortable yeah. doing that because you've got that flow of new work coming through the door yeah. so you're not stressed about or so stressed about we're all you know somewhat uncomfortable aren't we losing lumpy clients but um it's uh, you know we've got to stick to our knitting as my mother would say in terms of you know what what, what's right about our business 100 percent. i think establishing your practice and um, building that practice gives you the strength to do that i think sometimes if you're trying to grow um in the early days i think it's 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 a harder decision to make and it's something that um you know ultimately will will all have made um, calls that perhaps weren't the right calls over the time, but it's that experience from those things and how they play out that yeah, then make the lessons go, you learn. The lessons you learn and yeah. and brings us to today where we're very much comfortable with that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the reason I say we come full circle is because we're going well. How how do you ensure that you've got a positive flow of new work through? Well, it's you. What you're saying is you invest in your people, you invest in the culture. Yep that uh, and you hire the right people in order yeah. to generate that um, client engagement that means they want to stay and um, and and also say they want to talk about you as well and that's been brilliant 100% yeah and um we've we've grown um i don't know 30 to 50% year on year yeah um so it's it's um it's testament that that, that, that does work isn't that stressful though steve growing at that rate <laughs> I'd, I'd 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 be lying if i said no anyway yeah. but um no it, it is it is but i think um i think you, you you're either all in or you're not um and and this is like a real part of my heartbeat it's um it, it's probably secondary only to my family and um you know really for me it, it, that kind of sense of enthusiasm i can't sit here and look for other people to be naturally enthusiastic about Semper if I'm not naturally enthusiastic, committed a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, 100% of the time. So, um, yes, it, yes, it creates, it can create stress at times and, and it can require hard work and graft. Yeah. Um, but again, it's demonstrating to people that they're important. And so it's all part of the message. Uh, are we working hard, now that we've got some establishment and we, we've got some size to us that we're trying to create, um, you, you know, we're always going through like a business improvement strategy. We're always trying to automate where we can. And, and um, I think I think the other part of what we do is we bring technology in where we can yeah. at, at any point um, to make things easier and better. So I think this evolution of growth of our people, um, growth of our automation and our technical side, um just just hopefully come together and, and create improvement strategies that that take that stress away um the accountancy profession as a whole is stressful you know uh, i'm sure you've seen that um across many of your interviews and things that it, it it's not a it's never been a 
um, in my experiences, wherever I've worked, there's been stresses and long hours and, and things like that. You know, we're, we're trying our, our very best to create um, an environment where that isn't required. Um, there's always going to be times where it is required. Uh, but I think, um, you know, the better we get at that, that's, I think that's our biggest challenge is creating, mm. and it's part of our culture, all of the other bits that we, we can put in and, and create that care and environment. That's, that's at our heart anyway. So that becomes really natural. Yeah. Um, making sure that the work kind of environment for everybody is that it continually improves and we strive to, to make that as, as stress-free as possible. And that's, um, that's the next, next big part. Brilliant. Brilliant. Steve, that's been fantastic. I really appreciate you yeah. taking time out and, uh, and and sharing some of the in, insights about Semper and your team. My and absolute culture. pleasure. My uh, absolute it's pleasure. been brilliant. No, um, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Lovely to work with you this morning. All right. Cheers. Thank you Take very care. much. Thank you. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Work Papers, Advanced Track, Satago and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online, click the logo of each sponsor and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services.